0: Thank you Joe. This
1: morning I want
0: to talk to you about how Jesus can come into our lives in such a profound way uh, that we will experience uh, a warmth in our spirits so deep and burning so much that it literally changes the way that we live our lives. And so we're wrapping up the series and call entitled A Disciple's Path and we've been looking have five ways in, in which we just grow intentionally in, in, this, in this place of being Christ-like and the way of being Christ-like. So we've been talking about living uh, through our, living into our relationship with Christ through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And I just want to wrap that up today by sharing with you this one more in which we hear the invitation of Christ to live as fully devoted followers of Christ in the world. And so, I've asked Robert to come and just read to us the gospel message. And while he's coming up here, let me just um, uh, say that he has demonstrated for me in a very powerful way about living a disciplined life. Uh, About uh, uh, 11 weeks ago, uh, he and a group of uh, friends decided that uh, they wanted to do the sprint uh, triathlon, and uh, that had not been in his uh, background. Um, (laughs) and, And so... Uh, I kind of looked, when he shared that with me, I kind of looked at him and just kind of, I, I laughed, I think, I'm not sure. Um, but yesterday, they did it, and there are others out there today. <clears throat> <clears throat> throat> but I've been, I've been watching them, I've been watching the weight fall off, I've been watching um, just how much he's had to run, and how much he's had to Pray, and how much he's had to ride his bicycle, and how much he's had to pray, and, and how much he's had to swim, and how much he's had to pray, and uh, and he didn't drown, and um, although you did swim a little bit extra yesterday, <laughs> so but you know what that says to me is that he couldn't have done that if he had decided on Friday that he wanted to do that. It took discipline. And that's a prime example of what it means to be a follower of Christ, is that we have discipline in our lives, in our prayer, in our presence, in our gifts, in our service, that God may come and move in us. So, Robert, come lead us.
1: Our scripture from this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, and we'll read the first 11 verses. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: It's something that we all receive numerous, numerous times every single week. I get these invitations in my, in, in my emails. I get invitations still through snail mail. I get invitations to weddings. I get invitations to baptisms. Yesterday, I was over in Fort Lauderdale. I did the baptism for a great-grandson, great-grandson of one of my closest friends, from 30 years ago, and this was just a joyful time, but I got an invitation. We get invitations to, to, uh, to go back to uh, high school, college reunions. Well, we get invitations uh, to go to the opening of a new store. It seems like they just come all the time, an invitation for this, an invitation for that. Well, here's what I want to give you today. I want to give you an invitation to a divine kind of life. An invitation to something that if you will hear it and you claim it and you live it, it will literally transform the way that you live your lives. It will literally transform who you are this day and will give you a future that you dare to hope and pray for. So let me ask you, is anyone here interested in that kind of invitation today? Are you? So let me ask it again. Is anyone here interested in that kind of invitation? Yes. Yes. Thank you. So am I. So in your teaching notes, in the back side of your teaching notes, let me just uh, invite you to take those out. I'm going to go through four aspects uh, of the story that Robert read to us and just want to look at them very carefully with you as we think about the divine invitation that God gives to us to live as fully devoted followers of Christ. And, and the first one that I want to talk to you about today is simply uh, what what I see in the scripture is come and see. Come and see. So um, I'm part of a clergy group, United Methodist clergy group, uh, from uh, southwest Florida. Uh, there's uh, nine of us, and we have the privilege of pastoring some of the larger United Methodist churches in this part of the state. And, and uh, a few weeks ago, we gathered together, and uh, we were talking about Christmas, about Advent, the season of preparation for Christmas, and then we were talking about Christmas, and one of the guys said, I hate to go shopping. And I especially hate going shopping at Christmas time. Then he said, I do all of my shopping on December 23rd. And the reason he has to do that is because from the very beginning of his, uh, of his marriage, uh, he committed that he would buy his wife a beautiful dress, new dress that she can wear at Christmas Eve worship services. So he has to go out on the 23rd. And so you, he goes in and he said, uh, going into a women's section of, of a store is also makes me so very uncomfortable. And, and I get that. It's not one of my favorite places either. And, and so this guy's looking for a dress and you know what happens? Uh, a clerk will come by, and, 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 and then they see the sky like a deer in the headlights look, and he's kind of wondering, what am I, where am I going? And he says, we've been married 30 years. It hasn't gotten any better in these 30 years to find this one dress. And so he, he, he keeps on looking, and the clerk comes up. Another clerk comes up. Another clerk comes up and says, may I help you? What are you looking for? And without knowing it, these clerks are actually giving a biblical question uh, to each of us when we go into the store like that. What are you looking for? May I help you? You see, it takes me back to a passage of Scripture. Uh, when Jesus was just beginning his, his earthly ministry, he was going out to, down to the, uh, uh, to the River Jordan. He was down there by John the Baptist, who was the one who was preparing the way for Jesus and his, and his ministry. He he was going down there. He was going down. He went to be baptized. And when he was leaving, John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God. And as Jesus is walking away, uh, two of John's companions started following Christ. And Jesus kept on walking away. And these two people kept on walking behind Jesus. And after they had gone some distance, Jesus turns to them and says, what can I help you with? May I help you? What are you looking for? So I simply want to ask you today: What are you looking for here today? Why is it that you decided to get out of bed and get in get into these pews, which are not that comfortable? Um, But and I know that some of you, because I've been in your place. uh, When I was growing up, your mother and father says, "We're going to church." And you tried to lay in bed for as long as you could, uh, but you got out of bed and went to church. Otherwise, my backside would have been warmed. But I came. So what are you looking for? The reality is that some of you are here today and you're not quite sure what you're looking for. You're here. You're present. You're physically here. Your, your mind may be uh, thinking about the grocery list. Your mind may be thinking about uh, how Nadal is going to whoop up on what's his name. Uh, but... but That's tennis, if you would not. Are you with me? So, so, you know, why are you here? And the reality is that I think that some of you feel as uncomfortable in church as my friend and I feel in the women's section of a store. Because you don't know about the prayers, you don't know about reading from the Bible, you don't know about these teaching notes, you don't know about all this, and you're kind of feeling out of place. And so I simply want to say to you today, come and see. Be inquisitive. Start seeking. Start asking some questions that uh, maybe have not been a part of your repertoire of questions in the past. But Jesus wants to say to you, what are you looking for? How may I help you? And then after we see, after we see this come and see, uh, then we get this phrase that says, uh, rise and follow. Rise and follow. In, in, in this text, uh, what we have is, um, let me just share a story with you first. We, ha- we have a story about a time, can you show me the picture? We have a picture of a time in which I was in Israel Uh, And by the way, somebody asked me this morning if I'm going again, and I'm going in January again. And so, but I'm on the the Sea of Galilee, and and I asked my guide to arrange for a boat for for about 45 people uh, to go on the Sea of Galilee early, early in the morning before the sun comes up. And he was able to arrange that when we're sitting in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and, and then the, the captain turns off uh, the lights and, and turns off the engines and turns off uh, anything that's electronic, and we have our time of praying and singing together. And, and then the sun is coming up, and as the sun is uh, coming up, I look out at a distance, and I see uh, some boat just like this, but it's a fishing boat. And I'm thinking, that's exactly the way it happened uh, back in the, at the time of Jesus. Here we have this fishing boat, and, and we have Jesus uh, on the shoreline, and so as we were starting to come into shore, this fishing boat was in front of us, and they came into shore, and they came in just right beside where we docked our boat. And as I was getting off, I, I looked down, and I see uh, these, these men. They hadn't caught anything, but they were fishing, they were fixing their nets. And as they're fixing their nets, I'm thinking, that's exactly the way it was. And so what we have here is we have Jesus then says to Simon and to Andrew, the two people in the story, he says, come and follow. Come and follow. You know, that term follow simply means to pursue or to pattern your life after that person. And so what Jesus is saying is, will you come and pattern your life after me? Will you come and pursue me? Will you come and, and, and just allow me to come and speak truth into your life? You know what I would have asked or what I would have said if I would have been uh, Simon or Andrew? What I would have said is, Jesus, how long do you want me? Right? Or uh, I, I would have said, Jesus, how far are we going to travel? Or I would have said, Jesus, what's in it for me? Jesus, what salary compensation are you going to give me? See, that, that's, a, that's what a lot of us would have asked. But, but that's not what they said. They, they simply got up and they followed. And my question to you is, they followed. We're trying to follow. And the question is this. Are you a Christian by choice or by chance? Are you a Christian rather than a Jew or Hindu or Muslim because of something that took place in your life, some decision that you made, or are you just here by chance? Choice or chance? See, the reality for me is uh, that most of us in the church, and the reason the church is not Growing the way it should be. The reason we have become so content here at 9:30 in the off season with 250 people, and why we are content with 450 people in in season, is because we have just become content, and we have decided that we're just going to be just the way we are. And so we've come here, and we just say, "Tom, good enough is good enough." And I don't know about you, but that bothers me. It really does. When I, when, I, when I turned off those lights uh, in presenting that scripture, the Bible, to our students, that really speaks to me about the condition of our world. It really speaks to me about how the world in which you and I live is a world that is filled with darkness, with, filled with anger, filled with fear and I don't know about you, but I do know about my soul, is that I don't want to become content with the way things are, but I want to be able to go out and say, this is the God that I worship. This is the God that loves me. This is the Jesus Christ who died on the, on the cross for my sins. This is who I want to be. This is what I want to become, a follower of the living Christ. See, the turning point is this. The turning point is when we stop worshiping the God we want to make and start worshiping the God who already is. Let me say that again. The turning point is when we stop worshiping the God we want to make, that we want to create, and we start worshiping the God who is. And that's a decision, folks. It's a decision if we're going to rise and follow Christ, or it's a decision to sit still and just sit there and allow the world to pass by, allow the world and the darkness of the world to come and filter into the church even. And I can't stand by and watch that. Here's the third one. The the scripture talks about uh, pushing out and going into the deep. So here we have Jesus, he's walking along the shoreline, and he looks over to Simon and to Andrew, and he he says something like this, and there's no fish, They're, they're mending their nets, there's no fish on the ground, and he comes up and says, catch anything? What do you think their reaction was? You have eyes? No. And so, here they are, they're mending their nets. They're tired, they've been out fishing all night. They come in and they're exhausted. They're mending their nets, the last thing they have to do before they, before they can go home and get some breakfast and get to bed. And Jesus says, push out into the deep. Go out into the deep water and lay your net out again. And there you will catch fish. You know, they're, they're thinking, well, we're not going to do that. We've been out there. But they do it. The question that, that faces me in my life is what is it stopping me from following the example of Simon and Andrew when they made the decision to go out into the water, but I'm sitting there in my office, or I'm sitting there in my car, I'm sitting there uh, or walking someplace, and I have the opportunity, and I don't go and I don't do it. What's stopping me? And I think it's fear. I th- simply think it's fear. And God is saying, I'm going to be with you. No matter what you face in your life, I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to be your companion. So what is it stopping you from saying, yes, I want to follow? What is it stopping you from saying, yes, I want to become a living, dynamic disciple of Jesus Christ? What is it that's stopping you from saying, God, remake me, reform me, so I'm not filled with fear, but rather I am filled with joy and purpose for my living? Because the last thing, if we're pushing out into the deep, the last thing we have to come to terms with is that we need to let go and let God have, give us the adventure of a lifetime. So i want to get really personal with you. Can I get really, really personal with you? I don't want you to dislike me. I don't want you to um, be angry with me, but I'm going to get personal with you. Especially those of you who have been in church for a long time. When was the last time you had your breath taken away from you because of your engagement in a ministry at the church? Let me say it again. When was the last time you had your breath taken away from you because of your engagement in a, mini- in a ministry here at the church? The thing killing the church today is that we have lost that sense of adventure. We have lost that sense of anticipation. We have lost that sense of what is next out there for us. Some of you cannot imagine hearing the voice of God calling you to say, I want to, I want, God is saying, I want you to go to the Bahamas and I want you to be in ministry in the Bahamas for a week or two weeks. Some of you are sitting there saying, "I, I think you get the wrong person, Tom. When was the last time you had your breath taken away because of the ministry that you were engaged with or the ministry of this church just took the breath out of you? It's the adventure that I think is missing from our lives. Let me, let me just take a, a moment to share with you something that uh, uh, took place last summer, a year ago summer. Um, Karen and I took our daughter and son and son-in-law to um, Colorado and had a wonderful time uh, out there. And um, uh, Amanda, Freddie, and I like to do some adventurous things. We like to do a lot of Hiking in the backcountry. We'd like to do uh, zip lining. Here's a picture, though, of Karen zip lining. Um, uh, there, you can't see the tears running down because she made it uh, down. And uh, the lady at the bottom of that first, uh, uh, that first line said, you can let go of your death grip uh, there. Um, but she did it, and she's having a lot of fun with it. And then the next day, we took her to uh, a, a wonderful a wild ride on whitewater rafting. And, um, you know, this is my opera singer wife, and um, uh, she, she never has been the most athletic. She'll say that about herself. But she just, uh, so she's behind our daughter on the right side. Um, and, and so, you know, the first thing they said is, here's a wetsuit. Uh, so what does that mean? The water is cold. And then a helmet. And so we, as we're going down, uh, down to the path where, the, where, the, where we put in, uh, Karen, Karen turns to our guide and says, um, how deep is the water? And then, you know, um, how, how are the rapids? And he says, he, he just looks to Karen and says, just trust me. So Karen looks at me like, you're dead. <laughs> so I, I said, okay, well, I'm dead won't be the first time, won't be the last time. So we, we go out and we, we, we start going down and Karen is just really enjoying it uh, because uh, the, the sun is coming over the mountains and, the, and she's hearing the birds and she's seeing animals and it's wonderful. And, and then all of a sudden, we start hearing something. And, and the guide then says, and the first uh, rapid that we're going to be going over is a class four which is uh, up to class five is where they classify them. So it's a good, a good rapid. And then Karen is looking forward, and, and she sees that the boat that is about 70 yards in front of us disappears. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm double dead at that point. And, and, the, and then we keep on going, and we go through the rapid. All four of us stay in the boat as we go through class four. And, and we go down the rest of the day. And I'll tell you what, Karen's sense of adventure increased um, so, so much. I, I think that what's missing in the church is a real sense of adventure. That we are engaged in something that is really making our heartbeat pump, our hearts to pump hard, our, our, our sense of, of joy and anticipation of what's coming. And because we have just become so content uh, with this thing that we call church right now or these ministries that we call the church. But I'm not going to put all the blame on us and in the church because I really want to ask you, what is your sense or your desire uh, to be in an adventure in a way uh, that will help create in you a sense of being someone who says yes when God says, follow me. Or when Jesus says, what are you looking for? You can simply say, God, I'm looking for a wild adventure of life. Look at this passage of scripture. If anyone would be my disciple... Let them deny themselves, take up a cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We want to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We want to do those things that will prepare us for the ministry. And that is through our prayers, our presence our gifts, our service, and our witness. When we find our way, and we say, Jesus, come into my life, you won't be bored. You won't be bored at all. In fact, Robert, I think that when people in here catch that fire, you and I will be having to run to catch up. That's my prayer. That's my hope. And it's all about our listening to God and saying, yes, I will follow. Let's pray. God, come and stir within us individually and collectively. Open our hearts and our minds that we might see how you can speak into our lives. How we can hear you say, what are you looking for? And that our answer will be, Lord, here am I. Use me. Amen.